Lord, I thank you, as my uncle said, every benefit that comes with knowing Jesus. Lord, thank you, Father, that you would confirm the word with signs following. Lord, a show and prove gospel, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated. I'm excited to be here. It was uh, interesting in, in worship as Caleb oftentimes is like a, he's like a, you know, an explosion, it seems like, but there's, he's so calculated in worship. And the Lord spoke to me about you, Caleb, uh, in worship. And I, I really felt like, I know we talked in the car about, uh, you know, the vision and the mantra, not the mantra, but just the call of God on the church, the current church, about flipping the city. We're not amen to that. And I felt like in worship, I felt like the Lord said that me and you together were going to flip and shake cities. And then I, and then he, then he, when you were, when you were worshiping, it was, I heard him speaking, he talked about Nehemiah to me. He talked about the ability to build and to praise. I felt like on your life, there's a Nehemiah-like anointing to build. And I feel like you're in a build with burnt stones, bro. Those who've been burned out by life, those who've been said, you know, you, you're left behind. You're going to build with burnt stones. And God's going to raise people up through you, man. Look, I only got, I got a, and I got babies, and I, I'm on vacation right now from work, but this right here is my real assignment. My real assignment is not to hang cable. It's great, you know, it, it, it takes care of my family, but my, my true assignment from God is to preach the gospel. And so tonight, I'm going to cut my heart open, just let it bleed all over you, and we're going to go where, where God takes us. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. How you doing, Jamal? Glad you made it, bud. <laughs> if you could put up for me uh, Acts 12, verse 1. You know, it's funny right now. People are all in shambles in the world system about the government. But how many know that we're in a theophany and we have a king who never moves, who reigns forever. I'm not saying politics aren't important, but I'm saying that Jesus transcends everything. Matter of fact, the verse just hit me real quick. Hold on. No, let's stay calculated. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. It's funny because I, I really believe that we're, we're coming to about that time. Well, Herod, who represents the world system, who represents a demonic leader, if you will, is going to lay hands on, try to lay, try to lay hands on some of the church. And then it says he killed James. It's interesting because if you read up on James, James is called James the Just. Okay, James, James didn't play. James was the leader of the church at Antioch. James, this is a man of God. <laughs> uh, church history says that James landed on his knees in the prayer position as he was martyred. This is James the Just. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. <laughs> I love it because the power of God is going to be so poured out. It's already so poured out on us that the only way to stop us is to actually take us off. You know, I was sitting here thinking about my uncle, you know, because he does preach on finances. And I think what's amazing about that is, is that as everybody's complaining and, and murmuring in the world system, that we're going to have the ability to be blessed to help people. Because <laughs> you do know, you do know this thing keeps going. There's probably going to be some Jews at your doorstep saying, let me, I need some help. I think in the church sometimes we forget about Jacob's trouble. That the Jews are coming and they're going to need your help. <laughs> so it says, this was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him. That's important. Let's read that again. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, to delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him. 
I'm here to tell you tonight that some people's destinies, they feel like they have been locked up by four squads of soldiers. But I'm telling you that the Lord Jesus is here to set you free, to unlock your destiny tonight. I didn't come here, I, I love what he said, games and gimmicks. I didn't come here to play games and gimmicks. I believe that if a, if a man of God, a woman of God is a true prophet of God, the message is their life. You understand me? It's, it, when, you know, when Ezekiel laid on his side for months, that was the real message. He, he didn't say, you know what, I'm going to preach a four-part sermon series and I'm going to lay hands on everybody in the building. No, the message is, Hosea, go out and marry Gomar right, right. and show Israel how they cheated on me. That's the message. <laughs> and when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison. Somebody say Peter. Peter. All right, now this, this, this is Peter. I, I like Peter. <laughs> if, I, if I could choose to be one of the apostles, the one of the 12, I might choose just to be Peter. I, I, I love John. I get John lay his hand on the Lord's, lay his hand on the Lord's breast. Uh, I get it. I get all that. That's amazing. But something about Peter and, and his shadow healing people. Something about, something about a man that so abides with God that God likes to live in his shadow. This is Peter we're talking about. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God. But earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. We need that. We need that right now. But earnest prayer was made for him, was made to God by the church. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. <laughs> this is awesome. Enemy can try anything he can to keep you locked up, but there's somebody who's coming with a great light. Somebody whose kingdom transcends everything he can throw at you. There's somebody who's coming. Say, Jesus is coming. <laughs> you know, I had, a, I had a pastor and a friend who had a, who had a demon that had bound him up. He was about 18 years old in Woodland, Washington. And he was at home on a couch. I'm just sharing it. I, I feel to share this. I, don't even, I, I never even shared this. I just feel to share this right now. He was bound up by a demon on his couch at home. And his eyes rolled back in his head, and a voice came out of him and said, said to his mom, this is the devil, let your son go. And his mom had the thought, you know what, I'm going to crawl to, you know, I'm going to call the crazy church in town. You know, the church somebody always talks about, everybody say, oh, they're over there speaking in tongues. They're probably handling snakes. They're probably doing this. But you know what, who she had to call? The crazy church. The church that had the power of God. The church that believed in the move of the Holy Spirit. The crazy church in town. And she called a man of God. And this man of God said, you know what, I'll be right there. And just so happens that my friend, his wife was upstairs with their daughter. <laughs> God, so, so while his destiny was locked up in the house, God already saw his future. <laughs> so God knew he would deliver him in front of his future wife. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so while my friend is in there, the man of God comes by. And, he, and they begin to pray for him and cast demons out of him. And his, and his wife, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, she said, baby, they're not going yet. It's, it's one more and they're not going yet. And when she laid hands on him, the final one came out. And I tell you what, I see this man travel to 30 countries and preach the gospel all around the world. And he did marry that lady. And they got four kids. Come on, we, can, we can praise God for that. That's amazing. Uh, I share that because when I share that, it means the Holy Spirit is going to do it again. That whoever has been locked up, whoever's destiny has been locked up and there's been four squads of soldiers around your mind and around your destiny, God's going to set you free tonight. And behold, oh man, bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. Wow. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy because we were worshiping too. I, I get these unctions sometimes when I'm, I'm, you know, at places, but specifically here, it's like God likes to speak to me here. I mean, I, for many reasons, I know hometown, it's my uncle, also my spiritual father, but God likes to speak to me here. And when I, when I was over here, I, I literally felt like the church was surrounded by angels. I, I could sense it. I'm like, God, I can feel that. I can feel like, I feel like the church 
is literally surrounded by angels right now. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and the light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him. <laughs> Lord, I ask you to wake us up, God. Wake us up. If we will understand the, the, <laughs> that we have received the fullness of God in Christ Jesus, how, you know, how <laughs> things that try to, you know, uh, you know, bring themselves up in the world, how they would fall around us. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm preaching to myself. If I will understand when I go into a customer's house that, you know, this, this is great. You know, it's great having a career. Don't get me wrong, it's amazing, right? You need that. But at the same time, I have an assignment. And the demon that's attached to this person's life and their heart and their mind, it's my job as a man of God to tell you to get out. All right? Get up quickly. So, wait, he struck Peter on the side and woke him saying, get up quickly. Turn to your neighbor and say, get up quickly. Yeah. Tell your destiny. I'm telling you, destinies right now are about to get up quickly. There's people in here with dormant spiritual gifts about to get up quickly right now. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. Caleb was talking about working out. There are times when you grab that sled when you first start. And your feet are going to go, go straight the, all, the first time. Because you, you, it's so much weight on the sled, your legs aren't used to it. You're going to be wide leg for a little bit. And I saw people, it was like people were gaining momentum in faith. I, I literally had a vision of, a, of like an like a, a athlete training. And he was, as he was going, he began to gain momentum. And I feel like people here tonight are about to gain momentum in faith. I feel like youth in here tonight are about to gain momentum in faith. Listen, you don't, you don't have to settle for the anointing your grandma had. That's amazing. Don't get me wrong. It's amazing to honor those who have gone before us. We're supposed to. Uh, it's right. Amen to that. But I also know a king named Josiah who was eight years old. <laughs> and I also know a man of God who's not even eight in the scriptures who came to prophesy over an altar because it was so dark. Imagine, imagine, imagine the world so dark and a man of God, not, not even eight in the word of God, he comes to prophesy just over an altar. He says, altar, altar. One day a man named Josiah will burn priest's bones on you. I feel the fire of the Holy Spirit. He said he's going to burn the false prophet's bones on you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Get up quickly and the chains fell off his hands. Ooh, I like that. And the chains fell off his hands. And the chains fell off his hands. Are you hearing this right now? And the chains fell off his hands. You've been bound up. The chains are about to fall off your hands. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. I prophesy over you tonight. That things are going to become so amazing in your life that you're going to think it's a vision. <laughs> you don't think it's a vision. I prophesy speed over you. Speed. I prophesy speed over you. Lord. When they had passed the first, second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. Wow. It opened for them of its own accord. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod, of all that the Jewish people were expecting. I felt that about the city when he just said they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord. <laughs> Caleb, I, I feel that I feel that over the church in this region. We're about to see ancient doors open. Right. Lord, I just Lord, I did, I put faith on it that every spirit of religion will be broken over this place. I'm telling you. What I, what I saw tonight in worship with these youth, man, <laughs> I'm telling you, if they, if they stay 
bold like they are right now. You, you, you can hear it in worship, the boldness of God. They stay bold like they are right now, man. I, I have no doubt about it. The change, the change in the city. Now, sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. <laughs> On the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer, recognizing Peter's voice. In her joy, she didn't open the gate, but ran in, ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. She kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it is his angel. <laughs> but Peter continued knocking. When they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But, but motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Some of you are here tonight. I don't know what prison you've been in. I don't know what the, the thought. I can, I can sense some things. But I don't know everything. Paul said we hear and see in part. But whatever prison you've been in, known or unknown, God's about to set you free tonight. Listen, you ever, you ever came into God's presence and been humbled? That happened to me tonight about five or six times. Standing right over here. It, you know, the, the psalmist said, God spoke once. I heard two things. How powerful is the Lord? I, I literally am like, I'm baffled by God. <laughs> I'm like, everything, Lord, I thought I wanted to say, I don't even want to say it anymore. I have nothing to say. Well, I, got, I have an assignment, but what I have to say is just I want more of the Lord. I want more of Jesus. Not done yet, just there's a flow to where I wanted to go. Sorry, guys, I barely use this Bible, so the page is a little sticky. <laughs> Go to Ephesians 3, verse 20 for me. Actually, I start in verse 14. You got to start with verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with the power, with power through his spirit in your inner being. I want that. <laughs> I'll take some of that, God. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend all the saints where there is the breadth and length and height and death and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. You know, you know it's funny. You know it actually means surpasses science? <laughs> the love of God surpasses all science? That's amazing. <laughs> you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Stay right there. You don't have to turn. I want to nail this home. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. I want to actually, let's, let's stay on that real quick. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. Say that. Say, say now, the Lord, now the Lord 
is the Spirit. So that means when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he's the Lord. Disobey him, disobey the Lord. The Lord is the Spirit. I almost lost my place. Sorry, guys. Uh, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It's interesting because in this passage, if you read in context, Paul is talking about Moses' covenant and our covenant. Right? And he's actually saying that Moses will hide his face because the glory was actually going away. It wasn't saying that, it, I mean, obviously that God's glory is profuse, but our glory is getting greater. The glory in this covenant, this New Testament covenant is getting greater. Because Moses was a type and shadow of Jesus, whose name means drawn out. All right. Reminiscent of how Jesus would get drawn out of Egypt himself in his early childhood years. <laughs> and I want to let you know that tonight the song of Moses is heaven's song. We're going to sing that song again. Everybody in here who knows Jesus, listen, we're going to sing that song again. It says, Revelation 15, verse, 15 1 verse 4. I saw another great and marvelous sign in heaven, seven angels with seven final plagues. With which the wrath of God is completed. Something like a sea of glass mixed with fire beside which stood those who had conquered the beast and his image and the number of his name. <laughs> I got this thought right now. My life, wife's going to laugh at this. Anybody in here? Look, look, okay, this isn't weird. I mean, we live, I live in Texas. This is Florida. Anybody here like firearms? It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not weird to like firearms. Anybody like firearms? Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for being human. Thank you for being normal. All right. Listen, I, I like firearms, okay? But what's, what's funny about it is you're thinking about defending your family. And God's thinking about, man, one day you guys are going to stand before me on a sea of glass mingled with fire. <laughs> like the judgment of God is so real. We, we have to keep this in our mind as believers. Judgment of God is going to happen. Okay, there's a great white throne judgment, judgment for believers, right? Jesus himself is going to actually sit in Jerusalem and rebuke nations. That's going to happen. That's, that's solid. That's, that's as real as John 3.16. The Lord Jesus himself, and it's still in his body that's been pierced and crucified, that's raised again, is going to sit in Jerusalem as the king of Israel and rebuke nations when he comes back. That's legit. <laughs> what, what's, what's so powerful is this. You got to think about every single person who's ever passed away are going to be put back into their body, raised and judged by Jesus. <laughs> Imagine all the wars that have ever happened in the world. Those who have been lost at sea, put back in their body by the Lord himself and judged by him. That's how, see, but see that's, I want to tell you tonight that as a believer, this right here is the closest you'll ever get to hell. This, this period right here in life. As a non-believer, it's the closest you ever get to heaven. So sit right here. This, this, this is where you stop. This is where God says, get off of the bus, you stop here. The, bu the buck stops here. The buck stops here. Because in Revelation it says, in the new Jerusalem there will be no more sea. You know, you know what that means? No more evil. In the new Jerusalem, which happens to be God himself, God himself is the city. Remember in Revelation it says that no need for light because God himself is light. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no more sea. No Listen, this is where you get off. If you serve the devil in this life, you will have the vilest company you've ever seen in your life for eternity. I don't even know why I was harping on that. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> sea of glass mixed with fire, beside which stood those who had conquered the beast and his image and the number of his name. 
They were holding harps from God, and they sang the song of God's servant Moses and of the Lamb. Great and wonderful are your works, O Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you. And you, for, for, your, uh, sorry, for your righteous acts have been revealed. <laughs> God has chosen this passage of scripture to reveal much of his nature. Moses wrote this verse of the scripture. Now the man Moses, think about this. Moses wrote this. This is hilarious. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Moses wrote that. <laughs> One of the first things we gather about Moses is that he's humble. Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. I need to hear that myself. I remember there's a man of God preaching one time. He said, I want to tell all the young men in the building that you're prideful. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, man, I'm not prideful. Yes, you are. No offense. But over time, God works the kinks out of a man of God. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's not, that's, not a, that's not a blow at your character. I'm saying over time, God begins to reveal things and deal with them. So, so the level that my uncle is at now, you can't be at at 19 years old. <laughs> I mean, think about this. You know Moses gave, sorry, you know God gave Moses a call and then did it when he was, after he was dead, after he was in the wilderness for 40 years. He's like, you know what, I'm going to wait till you're 40 and then give you another 40. Then by the time you're 80, you'll be so dead that you actually hear and obey my voice. What about David? Anointed by God. Killed Goliath. Ran from Saul for what, about 16 years. <laughs> Had to be dead first. <laughs> Had to be dead. Because you know what? If you're still living and God puts fire on you, all you do is smoke. To burn, trying to burn a live tree branch, it won't work, buddy. Just be a lot of smoke. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty, and before honor is humility. It's funny I'm reading about Moses because when I was when I, we were worshiping, I, I felt like God said, You get the victory if you just lift your hands. Some people in here, if you would just lift your hands and worship God. God will give you the victory. Come on, let's, let's just practice that right now. Everybody just lift your hands. God, we receive that. Lord, we ask you for victory in this season, God. The victory in this season. Hey, Jonathan, do me a favor. Put on Exodus 14, verse 16. You guys all right? Don't tell me you're going dead on me. I told you, this is, this is, I only got this night with you. I'm going to give you what I got. We're going to go for it. We're going to see people get delivered and healed and saved. It's going to happen. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. I want to tell you the rod is wood. The wood represents the cross. But lift up your rod, throw your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground to the midst of the sea. But tonight, the cross is still open, my friend. The cross is still open. I don't, if, you, if you feel far from God tonight, the cross is open. The cross is open. And it's amazing because, as the King James says, it caused the water to go hither and thither. And you can walk straight through to the cross and receive Jesus. The sea represents death. In the new Jerusalem, there will be no more sea. Revelation 21, verse 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven, the first earth that passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Jesus conquered death by the blood of his cross. The cross has conquered death and allowed those who receive Jesus walk across on dry ground. <laughs> you know, there was a, there was a, 
quote-unquote studious person in the world that thought they uh, figured out Moses' miracle, right? The, the miracle of the, of, the, of the parting of the Red Sea, right? They say, oh, well, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a place in the, you know, in, in the Middle East where the water is only like five inches deep. So that's how God, that's how they got across on dry ground. And as the man of God would say, well, it's even more of a miracle than that God drowned all of Pharaoh's army. This is the water. <laughs> five inches of water, he drowned all of Pharaoh's army. <laughs> and don't forget the Lord also closed the sea on his enemies after the people of God. So after the church passes through. He's going he gonna to close the door. <laughs> and I, I believe you guys are doing baptisms this week, right? I'll let you know tonight, too, that you are saved by water. Because 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly disobedient. But once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls were saved through water. <laughs> wow. There is also an ant no antitype which also now saves us baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. See, baptism is so powerful because it's not just a mere picture of an inward reality. And in the West, we have, we have preached... We have preached from a place of, uh, I feel like, almost dishonor towards the text at times. Eisegesis, if you understand that word. We have, we have eisegeted a lot of things. Literally, the, I, I've seen people go in the water and be completely delivered. I remember a time there was a person that came in that were considered to be transgender. But really, it's just a, it's just a guy. So I saw him. I said, what's up, man of God? What's up? How you doing? What's good? Straight up, I, bro, what's up, bro? You good? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not calling you anything besides what God calls you. How you doing, bro? What's up? You good? All right. And he comes in. I never. I never forget this night. He comes in, and my friend preached the gospel, and he said, "Who here wants to receive Jesus?" And this guy raised his hand. I said, "Amen. Thank you, Jesus." And he said, "Who wants to be baptized?" This guy raised his hand. He gets, listen, he gets in the tub. The fake hair falls off. The nails fall off. Starts to manifest. Our friend says, get out in Jesus' name. The demon leaves, my, leaves this guy. And the next week he had a Bible that said, Antonio, the man of God. God can charge that water. We saw it last year. God can, God can charge the water, man. <laughs> It was reminiscent of the spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. He's making a new creation. <laughs> wow. I ain't know how this even in here, Caleb. It says, current church will see the Holy Spirit conquer many enemies in this next season. The enemies of poverty, chaos, addiction, humanism, anger, and violence. I don't even know how this in here. The cross comes with velocity. Jesus struck Satan and death with his cross. Oh, I got to show this to you. Uh, guys in the back, do me a favor. Put up Hebrews 2, verse 14. You might say tonight, what is a 33-year-old Jewish carpenter dying 2,000 years ago? I didn't do anything to do with me. I'm about to show you right now. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise took of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. You know all these celebrities are, are, are doing all these weird things, afraid to die. Got all the money in the world. Got, listen, got all the, all the money in the world but afraid to die. Because there's only one conquered the power of death, that's Jesus. And, and my Bible says that Paul said their God is their bellies. What that means? Their God is their appetites. 
their gods, anything they can get their hands on. How much fame can I get? How much Instagram can I get? How many likes can I get? How many friends can I get? How many girls can I get? I'm in your house now. I'm in your house. Their God is their belly. Their God is their appetites. <laughs> How many pats on the back from coach can I get? <laughs> their God is their belly. <laughs> and deliver all those who through fear of death to lifelong slavery. So you might walk out of here at night, you say, you know what, I'm, I'm free from all those rules, man. I don't have to follow Jesus. You might be online and say, I don't, I don't have to follow Jesus. I'm free from all those rules. <laughs> Not according to the scripture. It says you're enslaved. <laughs> I want to settle the score with some of my cessationist friends who uh, say the gifts aren't for today. <laughs> Which makes absolutely no sense, but I add. Forgive me, Lord, if I went too far. <laughs> uh, can you put up for me Psalm 129, verse 3? <laughs> <laughs> this right here is a pretty sacred, sacred text right here. The plowers plowed upon my back, they made their made long their furrows. King New King James says made their furrows long. Okay, you ever you ever you ever drove past like a field, a farmer's field? You know those long, long rows? Those are furrows. So Jesus is saying, prophetically through the psalmist, when they whipped his back, it looked like a farmer's field. And that's what he did for your healing. That's what he paid for your deliverance. See, when they put the reed in Jesus' hand, what they were saying was your kingdom is weak. <laughs> they, were, they were mocking Jesus, you know. It's funny, there's a, there's a man of God who said, that, you know, they thought they put Jesus on trial, but Jesus put them on trial. <laughs> Listen, you got, you got to imagine, the Bible talks about a Roman cohort. This was, this, this was legions of soldiers coming to arrest one man. <laughs> and, and Paul said, if the rulers of this world would have known, they would have not have never, never crucified the Lord of glory. The devil would have killed everybody who wanted to kill Jesus. <laughs> but how did, how did he win? Through humility, lowliness, death. So I talked about last year that, that David represents Jesus because David came as a humble shepherd boy. Think about this. He's coming to the battle lines as a humble shepherd boy, and his big brother says, man, why are you here? Trying to punk him. Say, man, get, get out of here, man. Why, why are you here? He's, all he's doing is bringing a lunch for his brother. But he comes, and there's this pompous, arrogant, Philistine giant. That's the devil. You know what's funny? <laughs> the devil couldn't see Jesus because he was so low. Because, listen, listen, if the devil could do anything, he would, he would pull up in a gold Rolls Royce 20 feet tall. You understand what I'm saying? And Jesus said to, me, said to his boys, hey, go and get me donkey from Zachariah. Zachariah was talking about. Go, 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 go get that donkey and the colt. Bring him to me. Bring him. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it, to me, it's, it gets me because that is the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is humility. Matter of fact, Proverbs says that humility is the beginning of wisdom. I know who needed that. I needed that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his stripes you were healed. <laughs> Matthew 26, 28, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out many for the forgiveness of sins. I'm about to share something really intimate with you right here. 
almost about every night. I won't say every night because a lot of nights I get off late and tired. Okay. <laughs> so every night I get a chance to pray for my babies. It's one of the most amazing things I'm pretty sure you've, you'll ever experience as a, as a parent. You get to pray for your babies. Okay. I'm talking about, you know, they're, they're months old. And I, the Lord surprised me the other day, man. I, I was, uh, I've been praying for my daughter, Rayma. For, I mean, this has been almost, I mean, it's almost two years old now, right? But we, we go and uh, we go to, you know, to prayer. I said, Rayma, let's pray. And Rayma comes in. She goes straight to the mat in the room and she does like this. Because she's seen her daddy pray. That, that blessed me right there, man. That blessed me. <laughs> My wife was there. She would laugh. Uh, we had a time with my daughter at a, they had a different, a different place we were living at. And uh, we would, you know, we would always, we would talk to her. We'd say, Raymond, where is Jesus? And she would always get, the, she would always go down and point to my Bible and just point at it. There he is. So, so we, were, we, were, we were like, I wonder if she just thinks that because, you know, you, when you read the Bible, you know, we talk about Jesus. So we were in a room one night. We said, we said Raymond, where, where is Jesus? She gets off the bed. She's like. She opens the door, walks to the, walks to the bookshelf. She's like, he's right there. <laughs> there he is. So there's something so divine and sacred about that time with your kids. You literally are imparting to the next generation. You know what I mean? For the life of the flesh, this is, sorry, this is Leviticus 17.11. Sorry, I'm kind of, yeah. Life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. If a person is alive, that means their blood is alive. Oh, that was my point. When I pray for them, I usually say, <laughs> I plead and I smear the perfect and alive blood of Jesus Christ. People, people might like say, that's, that's country right there. I, <laughs> I don't get that. Well, <laughs> I, had a, I had a buddy who I used to preach with. He was a youth pastor at a place I worked. He said, Saxon, this guy taught me about smearing the blood. And I said, I said, smearing the blood. And I saw him go lay hands on the lady with a demon. That thing came right out. I said, I'm going to smear the blood. <laughs> so I get to say, I plead and I smear the perfect and alive blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, by faith, you got to receive this. Jesus' blood is still alive. Yeah. Still alive. Because you only die when your blood's dead. <laughs> That's why, oh, you're right, Holy Spirit, I'm going to pause on that. But if a person in, injures somebody post-mortem, they can tell because their blood wasn't alive. You're only, you're only alive if your blood's alive. Jesus is alive forever, seated at the right hand of God, which means the perfect and alive blood of Jesus Christ is alive right now. Which means we can apply it by faith right now. We're going to do that tonight. We're going to do that tonight. Before we get there, I'd like to share with you probably the most important thing that you ever hear in your life. I, I love it. Sometimes men of God say, they say, I want everybody just to not leave for a minute. Because tonight we're going to see some people come out of darkness. I want to be the first to tell you about how the Lord delivered me. I feel like there's such power on humility when you share what God's done for you. So obviously you guys know Uncle John, that's my uncle. <laughs> and uh, thank you, sir. You know, the Bible says that every person is born into sin. So no matter how cute my daughter is, there will be a day where I say, Raymond, do you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And I believe that after raising her up in the way she should go, that she'll say, I do, I do, Dad. Because I, I do believe that even though you were born with selfish and sinful desires, as you will see, you know if you're your parent, you know that. <laughs> kids, say, kids say no. You're like, put that up. They say, no. That's, that's the flesh. All right. I, I, I do believe that she has to make a choice 
for, oh, I know she had to make a choice for Jesus. tell you tonight that there's rest in the Lord. Can you play something for me, Jamal? Jesus said in Matthew 11, verse 28, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. It's interesting right now because they're, they're saying about you guys that your attention span is about five seconds. They're saying after... TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all these things, it's hard to keep your attention. I don't believe that about you. I, be, I believe that you were designed with purpose and you were put here for a time such as this. I believe with every, everything going on that God designed you exactly how you're supposed to be. You were wired to the T with ammunition to destroy the devil's camp. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that about you, man. What's your name? Jason, man. J the CH chasing. Nice, man. Yeah, man, I just see I see the Lord's gonna do some mighty things in your life tonight, bro. When I was preaching, I felt like the God has something he wanna deliver you from. I'm gonna be just be real and bold, man. I, I love you, man. If it was only me and you, I said the exact same thing to you. I got gonna deliver you tonight, man. For real. And I feel like you were the one I was talking, one of the ones I was talking to, talking about bound up destinies. There's great destiny on your life, man. And I'm telling you, the Lord is coming with his sword, and the chains are going to fall off your hands. Fall off your hands. Yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Man, I, I just believe tonight that before... There can be oil, there has to be blood. Before the anointing of the Holy Spirit begins to drip off your being, you must first receive Jesus. You know, you know, actually, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit was an announcement that Jesus Christ really ascended to the throne. <laughs> it, it's just like the oil dripping down Aaron's garment. Just like it. So I'm gonna ask you what. All heads up, all eyes open, no gimmicks, no games. We love you. We care for you. But I want to ask you, are you wholeheartedly following Jesus? Really, I mean, when I spoke about the, you know, those whose, you know, <laughs> whose God is their belly, we've all been there. But tonight's your night. Tonight you can receive Jesus, be born again. If that's you, I want you to come up here. I want you to join me. That's perfect. Amen, bro. Amen. Amen, brother. Come on, man. What's your name, man? Kason? It's a mighty gift over your life, bro. You do, anything, you do anything with music? Man, I see an anointing on you for music, bro. I'm so serious, man. <laughs> oh, man. Casey, you're going to lead people into the glory of God. I'm telling you, man. There are untouched realms of God's glory that he is, because you're a man of humility. I see it in you, bro. 
<laughs> oh, my. I, do you play the keyboard? I see you on a keyboard. What do you play right now? Play cello. Man, that's beautiful, man. Father, hey, you guys, just stretch your hands real quick, man. I, I, this, is a, this is a mighty man of God right here, man. Both of these guys, I, I feel this so strong for you, bro. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your son, God. This man is a man of humility and boldness. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray you release him into everything you called him to, God. Father, I thank you that from a young age you begin to give him prophetic songs. Prophetic songs. Man, I release over you as you begin to sing those songs, people get delivered and set free. I, I see, man, people, I release over you as you begin to play the cello, people come into their right mind. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You know how I feel about you too, bro? The only reason you came up is because your heart is so pure. You really do love Jesus, man. Your heart is so pure, you came up here. Let's pray. Just say, just say, Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for your cross. We receive you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Man, I feel over you, you have the anointing of a youth pastor. the anointing of a youth pastor on your life. I see you leading many youth, bro. I see a hammer in your hand. Lord, I pray what Jeremiah said, Lord, that your, your word would be like a hammer on this, on, this, on this man's life. That every stony heart, Lord, that you give him, Lord, that the word would break it open. You know what, man? I, I see you have an unusual favor in dark places. Serious, man. I feel like the, the hardest, the darkest, the most lost, bro, are going to see you and, and want to receive you, bro. So, Father, I pray you put boldness on this man, God. In Jesus' name. Hey, if you just want more God, I want you to come up here. Me and Caleb, Apostle, we're going to go for it. We're going to go for it. Let's sing that song. Let's go in. Maybe 